So I'm coming from a perspective of community healthcare services, and obviously if the mission that we are on is to see a substantial reduction in unplanned admissions to hospital or in uh, reductions in length of stay, um, particularly in a context with an ageing society where the prevalence rates will rise and the demand, therefore, is expected. You know, we've got all sorts of analyses, including from this august or organization about the rising demand that we face over the decades to come. What models might apply to help us along that mission? I think it's important to say that from my perspective community services is not just the narrow set of services that you find in a trust like mine, community nursing and allied health professionals, um, a number of community physicians, uh, but I think it encompasses uh, primary care, I think it encompasses social care and as Anna and Jeremy Porteous pointed out particularly given my background in local government, um, specialist adapted housing for elderly people is a vital component of that. I think it also encompasses mental health, particularly given the compounding factors we find, both in acute and uh, community settings, of dementia and uh, depression related to long-term conditions. Um, and that if those are not in the mix, then you don't have um, a, a sort of clinical model that will stack up for the kind of community services you want. Uh, we shouldn't forget that there are other community assets, not least those found in the community themselves, voluntary sector organisations, passed today, um, Marie Curie collecting, and uh, that model presents itself as a way of care in the home to pick up Anna's challenge in end-of-life care. So all of those assets, I think, have got to be in scope for um, uh, this debate and when we tackle community services and not just the narrow set of NHS services. Clearly our focus is predominantly on the management of uh, long-term conditions, uh, both separately but increasingly around frail elderly people in all the comorbidities that that population presents, particularly in the later stages of life um, on the NHS. But I don't think we should forget, and particularly as a community services operator, um, children with chronic conditions and their requirement on the services that we've got. And there's a, there is a cohort of patients there that I think continues to require attention in this particular debate as well. Given time is brief for this point, I think I'll just point out some of the key features that I and other colleagues in community services are finding in both the design and early development work that we're participating in with other partners as we try to uh, remodel um, care closer to home. Most of these approaches are based on a population-based approach using some form of risk stratification, particularly trying to identify patients who are at um, severe risk of repeated admissions to hospital. Um, most now pick up on the Torbay model of some form of care coordination or navigation being important to that point, some empowered navigator in the system that can mobilise um, uh, community <coughs> services across health and social care at shorter timescales than is typically the case. The normal 24-hour referral rates that um, people have worked with in the past are not, um, uh, are not um, relevant in this kind of context. Most are working towards multidisciplinary teams bringing community nurses, therapists, social care staff together and somehow grouping them or co-locating them with groups of um, primary care practitioners. Most are developing um, a rapid response capability for admission avoidance, so some 24-7, seven-day-a-week uh, service that can respond within, 20, within two hours to a response to have that um, to avoid that, host that, that uh, ambulance call and that A&E admission. Um, the critical issue there is how do you triage patients there so that the, safe, the, the safety of the patients is not compromised. Those people who do need to go to accident emergency go there. And I think the role of paramedics and the ambulance service in what we do in community services is something that is, bears attention as we do that. In parallel, on discharge, 
the early and supported discharge to try and carry out some of the later stages of the acute treatment for people in their home or in a community setting are models that we're working with both at Chelsea and Westminster and with the Royal Free at the moment. In all of this, um, as social care continues to expand its offer in regard to reablement, uh, there is a reworking of how home care workers and health care assistants as a major workforce issue move from sort of care maintenance models to a more rehabilitative model, to supporting people's um, continued journey towards recovery and acquiring higher levels of independence rather than plateauing and being sustained at a plateaued level. I think the area that we're finding most difficult um, in this area, however, is, the, is really coming up with a clinical model on scale um, where we can shift significant patient flows. And we're, I'm very conscious of the work that's been done in cancer or stroke or end-of-life care that seems to have cracked that. But around the comorbidities found particularly in frail elderly, there is no clinical model that is at this moment in time defining what is best done by primary care practitioners, when is the appropriate handoff to specialists, how could those specialists work more appropriately in the community, what should be the specialist nursing position that is alongside those. And I think the, the major piece of work, if we're going to achieve something at scale, is to think about that model in the same way that we've thought about those other three areas I mentioned earlier. Um, there is some attempt to try and do that around virtual wards where the assessments have mean that the, the, the jury is out on that. But I think as a modelling exercise, virtual ward exercises do present at least the attempt to try and do something at scale and to get us beyond some of the rather smaller scale intermediate care projects that frankly aren't going to fix um, the problem that we're dealing with at the moment. Um, we clearly have issues around how we get to a point of um, single care records and a single care plan, and that would lead on to a whole raft of enablers, but I'm not going to go there right now. I think we'll come back to that in a moment. Thank you very much. Thank you, James. Uh, James, before I, I invite Mark up, you, you listed off a whole uh, range of sort of key features of a really um, uh, that, that are critical to community services. What's your sense of how many places are actually doing all that? I, I think more than we know about, and I think the big problem is we're not doing them all at the same time. Mm. So there isn't a consistent roadmap where all those features are being developed consistently as part of a sort of systemic response to what we're talking about. Um, but uh, I, I'm, uh, my trust covers four of the London boroughs, so we're in two sectors of London. There's a very big piece of work in northwest London as part of the reconfiguration of northwest London services and a big systemic out-of-hospital strategy, which I think is beginning to bring that together coherently. But I know that colleagues in Sheffield and Leeds, for example, are in a similar place. I know that counties like Kent with the year of care work are in a very similar place, as is Norfolk. So there are a number of places where these features are present, but I don't think there is a sort of coherent shape to them, nor do I think anybody would claim that we're anywhere near dealing with it at the scale that um, is necessary for the problem that we've got. 